Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. This week's topic is the culture of tipping. Uh, this obviously is become a, a recent phenomenon and frustration since COVID started with all of the apps and restaurants kind of giving you this screen every time you check out that takes this idea of tipping and almost tries to make you guilt you into tipping even when you're carrying out no matter what you're doing to add you know 10 15 18 percent and what's sad in some of these scenarios some of the icons, the minimum tip that they're setting is 18% um, as well. And think, uh, I think I understood this during the start of COVID, especially with restaurants closing down, the idea of making sure that staff was compensated for. So I did tip during that time when I was getting carryout orders, but I feel like with anything, um, it starts to get exploited more and more. And now I feel like restaurants are using tipping as a form of exploitation um, of their consumers to kind of basically compensate and pay for their overhead. Um, and when you look at the idea of tipping, it comes from the word gratis, right? You tip for good service. It's not an obligation. It's not something that you were supposed to have to do. You did it if you got good service. And in many countries outside of the United States, Tipping is actually um, counterculture. If you try to tip um, at a Japanese restaurant, for example, they will not uh, take the tip. They will actually chase you out of the restaurant to give you your money back because it's not something that they think that the consumers should be obligated to do. But like with many things in a capitalist culture like America, um, tipping is something that gets exploited um, pretty heavily. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's uh, really well said. <laughs> this topic also hits a little harder for at least for me I, i'm sure you experienced this as well v because i think there especially in the 90s and, and early 2000s there was like a strong anti-indian sentiment when you would go out to eat when you would go yeah. out and uh, especially fine dining where uh, because our uh, our people didn't really drink as much um i think there there was a uh, you know, lower bills, you know, there is a smaller tipping custom in India. And so we used to face uh, discrimination from a lot of American waiters and wait staff uh, in terms of the type of service we would get. We would get ignored. We, you know, we would just get looked at and passed over quite frequently. And so the way I was raised is that the reason we tipped so well, we always tipped 20 to 25 percent um, at minimum was because we wanted to go against the trend and do what was unexpected and show the extra generosity. And, uh, you know, now, to your point, it's evolved during COVID to the extent where, um, you know, delivery services, where a lot of, um, you know, restaurants, a lot of folks that um, have built these new shared economy business models have essentially built them in such a way that the customer is guilted into tipping a greater amount and as a result you know from this kind of virtue perspective of like keep the economy running and as a result these um 
these companies are able to get away with not really caring for the employees or the folks actually doing the work. And, you know, I think one that stands out to me is like an Uber, like, you know, there's this idea of tipping your cab driver that's been there in the past. But my view on this always has just been like, I'm paying for a ride. Just drive me to where I want to go and charge me how much it costs. Like, why should I tip you on top of the cost? It, it doesn't really connect for me. Yeah, it doesn't connect at all. Um, and, and when you really look at how revenue share is, share, is done um, with those ride share services, um, they are favored to the driver, right, in terms of the percentage that they receive. They're not low-wage low wage workers. You can do very well driving Ubers if you spend the time uh, doing Uber, right? Um, but also that I wanted to touch on your point about this cultural norm of tipping, um, specifically amongst minorities. Like you said, a lot of us counter kind of the perception that we have. But the reason that that exists isn't just because culturally, like in a lot of foreign cultures, tipping isn't normal, but quite frankly, oftentimes minorities get worse service um, yeah. than white Americans do. That's across all kind of minority cultures. So that, that the, the lack of acknowledgement of the first half of that and just putting all of the burden on the minorities who aren't tipping, I think has been a very unfair kind of sentiment that's been carried over as well uh, to to society. And just the even the frank idea, also the technology companies that now run a lot of the uh, checkout services, they obligate you to tip. Like it's built into the system so that when you check out, you are it this stuff is intentional it, they're all psychological triggers and that's what's disturbing about it to me is that when you understand technology and you understand how these companies are built they're doing this intentionally uh, and in addition you mentioned kind of the door the the service providers it isn't fair to the consumer uh to have to pay not only the premium that's involved with the service fees that you have to pay when you have food delivered to you um but in addition to that, be obligated to tip um, a significant amount. Oftentimes your bills are 30, 40% higher as a result of ordering from some of these services. Yeah, true. Um, the, you know, the interesting thing that we experienced recently in Vegas, we went out for a drink with my parents and my aunt and uncle who were visiting from India. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what everyone was wearing, but I think, uh, both my mom and my aunt were in, you know, full Indian garb. And uh, that was something that I remember growing up when we would go out wearing, you know, our clothes, we, we would get treated worse. And it, I remember feeling this like anxiety whenever we would leave the house dressed in Indian wear, not American wear, that it was going to lead to problems, conflict, unfair treatment. But I'll say in our trip at Vegas, we had amazing service and it was really, really nice to be treated well, despite what we were wearing in yeah. that context. So I definitely want to want to mention that because, you know, for what it was before the service industry has evolved dramatically. And I think the the new generation coming in is a, it's a great generation, you know, they're, they do a good job. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's, let's break this thing down psychologically. I do think also, you know, in Vegas, they really understand service and what that means right? They're craned well, they're developed well. Um, and I think that's also like, you know, I have friends in the restaurant industry and some of the best operators in the restaurant industry 
when you go to their establishment, you get consistent service. They will treat you well. They treat you with respect. That is an obligation by virtue of the work that the company is putting in to make sure their employees are <clears throat> understand that the customer is always first, right? Um, and and not to be upset if you don't necessarily get the best tip. You just keep going. And I think that that is kind of the problem also with this kind of laziness of our society that's developing in this entitlement culture that we have as well. If you do a good job as a waiter, you will do well. The right restaurant where the right people go to will find you. But if you do a poor job at your job, then you don't deserve a tip. If the food comes out cold, if you don't check on your table consistently, if you don't do all of the things to make a customer feel good about the fact that they are coming and paying for a service, they're not just paying for the food, they're paying for a service when they come and sit down in a restaurant. If you do all of those things, everything else will take care of itself. There might be customers that tip you 10%. There might be customers that tip you 30%, but it all balances out. My issue with this whole thing is there's a degradation in the actual work culture. It has been so long since I've sat down in a restaurant outside of Vegas and some of these higher tier restaurants where I feel like I get good service, mm-hmm. you know? And that's something that we need to address. And part of it is also that this spoils people. When people start feeling obligated to just tip regardless of the service, then people are going to get paid regardless of whether or not they're providing good service or not. I think that's where this uh, shared economy model is really important for us to point out. That's the delivery drivers of today. That's the uh, like a ride share. That's Airbnb. Um, you know, along the same lines, it's like you shift the workload and the worker structure from being an employee of your business to being a contractor. Yeah. And <laughs> the apps essentially push tipping as a way to keep you know, good folks working for the app, right? Folks who actually give a shit, do a good job, don't steal the orders, that type of stuff, right? Yeah. So all of that makes sense to me. Um, the challenge is that when you have these solutions that take so much money out of the restaurant's pocket to broker a transaction, in my view, the, the quality of service that's provided is their responsibility. I don't think it falls on the customer to be tipping a larger amount to ensure good service. I think the tip should be based on whether the service is good or bad. And I think even being asked to tip before the service is even rendered is a flaw in the model as well. Like, you know, I'm not going to call out any specific apps here, but um, in one of them that I use, they put the photo of a delivery driver every time you place an order and you have to choose your tip amount to finish the order. They say our drivers rely on your tips to pay their bills. Well, why? First of all. Second of all, these are contracted employees. These are not full-time employees for the business. So I am looking at them as their own business. They should have the wherewithal and individual business acumen that if this isn't paying their bills, that they're doing other things to make their money, right? So in my view, if you're delivering for Uber Eats, and the tips are the reason you can pay your bills. And I'm going to, if I choose to tip you less as a result of, you know, my experience with Uber or whatever I'm feeling that day, then you're not entitled to that money out of my pocket, first of all. Second of all, you made the decision 
to be driving. So you're covering your travel costs, you're covering your auto costs, you're covering all of these costs because you are a contracted employee. So if you have anyone you should be asking for more for more money, it's the delivery service. It's not the customer. Yep. And those service fees, and that's misleading as well, because the reason that they charge those service fees is so that they can compensate the drivers, right? So the fact that they're even, um, you know, it should be a small percentage is kind of being, a, it should be like a, a, a visa or a MasterCard, right? It should be a small percentage of the order charged to the establishment, not to the consumer for that convenience, right? And both the restaurants and these models have shifted that service over to the consumer and to the contractor. The obligation does not lie in the people that are making the most money here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's also an unfair, unfair, completely unfair aspect of it. And then um, the, the other idea of, you know, you having to tip. And if you don't tip, taking the risk of something happening to your product or service that you're getting, whether yeah. they they intentionally don't deliver your food on time, it's cold. That we we see all the videos of people spitting in food and doing all kinds of kind of reactive things because they feel like they've been slighted because they didn't get a fair tip. Yeah, the other side of it is with the prevalence of these new point of sale ordering systems, Square, Clover, all of these that you're on a touch screen. Yeah. Um, folks can stipulate the percentage amount. So you have much less of a choice as a consumer on what to tip unless you want to add extra steps to your process, right? And beyond that, the waiter is watching you or the the order taker is watching you do it before they do the service. So you know for a fact if you tip lower, they're not going to do as good of a job. Yep, yep. That, to me, like the dynamic that's created there is backward because you're having the consumer shoulder so much of the burden while, uh, you know, a few folks do really, really, really well financially. Yeah, and you all you had to do was switch back to the old model. I understood having that when we had kind of these kind of COVID protocols. But if you are a upstanding business, you never charge tips. You had a tip jar maybe, but you didn't have that screen when people ordered carryout. There's no service being provided other than the food transaction there. There's no waiter. There's no, there's nothing, no other person that needs to be paid in that scenario. So it's clearly a hustle, right? Yeah. And and these restaurants and service providers need to, to realize that eventually consumers may react to that, you know, because uh, let's point a little bit the other way instead of, um, you know, the downsides of tipping, there's some unwritten rules around tipping that I also want to get into. And it's like the upside that can be unlocked if you tip the right way. And so we started with Vegas. I think one of the things that most people don't know about Vegas is that if you take your credit card and your ID, when you check into your room, you put a $20 bill in between the two, squeeze it tight and hand them both together to the person checking you in, you 90% of the time get upgraded. If you don't get upgraded, your money comes back in between the two cards. That's like a very unknown thing in Vegas that works every single time. If you are at a bar and you tip your bartender really well, you can better be sure that the next time you come in, you're going to be treated extra well. They're going to recognize you. They're going to remember you. If you talk to that person, if you make sure that they recognize that you actually care about them and you value the service that they provided for you, 
it can unlock totally different things in terms of your experiences when you're eating out, when you're drinking somewhere, when you're going somewhere, especially for a restaurant that's tough to get into. A good tip can go a long way. The same is true when you go to these all-inclusive resorts, right? If you if you take the time, a lot of these people, in specifically in these foreign foreign countries, they aren't being paid very well at all. It's really true. You know, you'd be amazed at, you know, just because you're at an all-inclusive resort doesn't mean that you shouldn't um, tip um, the people who are providing you service because oftentimes they are working very hard um, and working on low wages. But this, you'll be surprised at how much a couple dollars or a $5 bill will increase the quality of your entire stay at these places. So you do bring up a good point about how if you do understand tipping, and that's where that's kind of the crux of what I'm saying. If it goes back to this culture of gratis for good service or having gratitude for somebody providing you a good service, then tipping becomes something that's a really positive experience. It makes it makes the employee feel good when they get it versus just thinking that it's an obligation. It makes people care about the service that they provide. And it also gives the customer the satisfaction of doing something good for somebody who actually appreciates it. Yeah, I think that's well said. It Tipping is a weird category because your etiquette, your habits, they're all very cultural. And, you know, I think in the families you and I grew up in, we always were taught to tip a lot. We were taught to tip really, really well, really fairly because we didn't, want to fall into the stereotype of being known as cheap or stingy or like not doing our share in this country and that that comes from the immigrant mentality i think the benefit of doing that is number one you gain respect in society which is pretty invaluable number two you get treated really really well however i think it's also important to make sure that when you have a bad experience, you handle that the right way. And I've seen situations where, you know, you'll be at a nightclub and in a nightclub situation, if you're going to get table service, you're spending a couple grand and your tips on top of that, your tips going to yep. be 300, 500 Oftentimes they include a mandatory, a mandatory tip. And then they have another line item for additional gratuity. So back mm-hmm. in, you know, the club days, I remember many, many an evening when, I would be at a club closing out my bill with, you know, my friends I was with and the bottle service girl, you know, nearly in tears because the table next to her spent $5,000 and tipped her $0. Yeah. You see that side of things as well. And I think, you know, in those situations, number one, don't do things you can't afford. And the tip has to be a part of your calculation when you're deciding if you can or can't afford something. And, you know, I think if you work in a certain industry, there are expectations around you know what the tip is for good or for bad right and so you never want to be on the wrong side of that you never want to be the person who is known as the stiff because i think that can damage you in in many more ways than it can help you and i can tell you i mean with your family you guys are your parents are a little bit younger than mine my parents were first really came over here they didn't understand they had no one to explain to them even the what they were supposed to do. They were like the first movers of the generation. So for a long time, no matter what the, the tab was, my parents would tip the same amount, right? Regardless, they didn't understand the idea of calculating a percentage. They understood the idea of giving the worker something for, but they didn't understand this whole 15, 18, 20, 25%. 
And like you said, the guilt part of it, and when you go to the next generation, you find most of us over tip, like you said, to, to compensate for that. But it's it, 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 it begs the question, right? Like, is this an effective um, medium, right? If we really care about providing the best service and everyone having the best experience, why wouldn't they just increase the price of the food 15% and, and not have that line item for tip? And the people who feel like tipping, they don't feel obligated to do it, but they do it because they have good service. I think that that, that mentality and then pay your employees a fair wage. It's kind of criminal when you see the minimum wage for these service employees. They don't have to be paid the minimum wage. I don't know if they have to now, but a lot of them, a lot of people that I knew growing up when they worked in the service industry, their hourly rate was like $3 an hour, not even the, the basic minimum wage because the restaurant would tell them that you're going to get tips. So we're not going to pay you what the minimum workable wage is. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The other thing that you know I want to point out is how to deal with bad service, and I think that um, even in those situations, I found that it tends to be more productive to tip than not to tip. Yeah. Um, not tipping is just it's creating unnecessary conflict because of how important a few dollars is to that waiter or service provider. Um, even if it's not important literally, it's important emotionally because that tip is very tied to how they evaluate their own performance. But it is fair to give feedback. And I think that's an area where um, a lot of people choose not to do that. They're, they're happier to complain about the service, happier to co- like you know, walk away and talk, talk shit about the uh, wait staff or about the restaurant. But you know, if you really want to change things, if you want to help out, you can, you can say, hey, um, you know, I just want to let you know I, I tipped you well, but can I give you, you know, a couple couple points of feedback? You know, maybe you're having a tough day, but here's some of the areas where I feel like you could do a better job and, you know, you'll do better for it in your tips and, you know, in your in your life, you know, and I think that can always be a positive thing. Yeah, and it's it's also, I think that's that's very positive. And if you do have a complaint with quality of your service or quality of your food, don't feel shame to not say anything. I see a lot of people who are scared to say something when they have a bad experience as well, because they're worried about, well, if I come back here again, something might happen to my food. No, I mean, if, if you don't get good service and you don't say anything, there's no way for improvement to happen. Yeah. And that's whether you, you know, you should always, you should always tip something, but I think it's important for you to have that conversation around why or why not, you know, don't, don't make it like personal, and say I'm not going to tip because, but actually have a conversation about it. if you want if you want to go someplace and you want to improve the service industry. The only way you do that is by giving the the proper feedback. Absolutely, and if you don't have the means to tip, you know, an extraordinary amount for somebody who does go above and beyond, because we've all had those experiences where we had a waiter, or we had somebody who just absolutely crushed it and just went to level ten to deliver like the best possible experience, like. The best thing you can do in that situation is tip what you feel like you can tip fairly and then ask to speak to their manager and tell them how amazing of a job that they did. Yeah. Or give them a compliment. Yeah. yeah. Compliments. Compliments do mean something. It's not just about the dollar amount that you write in that thing. If you leave a nice note, you say something to them about how good of a job they've done. That lifts a lot of these people's days because they have rough days, a lot of days, especially when restaurants are busy. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you look at things that are such deep cultural norms, 
I agree with you, V, in the sense that tipping is not necessarily the most effective way for us to structure our service industry. Yeah. But, uh, and it, <clears throat> you know, it gets pretty heavily taken advantage of in today's society by the folks who know how to take advantage of it, specifically, you know, folks that'll pay their employees less and make the customer carry the burden. Yeah. Uh, I think when you, when you look at things from a bigger level, though, you have many, many people working incredibly hard in the service industry. And it's an industry that we all rely on to have the kinds of experiences and, you know, honestly, the, the kind of nights out that we want to have, whether it's dinner, whether it's, you know, a ride or whatever it might be. The people who are out here doing physical things that we don't want to do for money, I mean, they, they take a lot off of our backs. And without the service industry, we're all cooking up. You know what I mean? So yeah, it definitely adds an element to life that I think is really valuable. And I, whenever I think about tipping, it's like there's the financial aspect for sure, but I think there's this kind of general bigger picture that we can all do a better job in how we communicate and treat, you know, service industry employees, especially the ones that don't have the best management. If you can tell that this is a good person in a bad situation or who's being, you know, pushed by somebody who has negative intentions, like just to give them the support that they might need that day. Uh, you know, like you were saying with a compliment or whatever that might be. I just think that it's an industry that when you do put the love in and you do actually care for the people and get to know them as people, um, you know, the, the rewards are obviously there on the human level, but from a experience level, which is kind of like your, your value add for tipping, the experience gets you know, exponentially better. And I'll just kind of voice like one of the experiences I had when I lived in Atlanta, there was a speakeasy I used to go to a lot where you would go through this phone booth. It was like a red phone booth. You have to call the secret number and the back of it would open when you called it and uh, you could go in and it was a cigar bar and it was like, it was sick. It was, it was called Prohibition. And um, the doorman was this guy named Mateo and there was always like the biggest line out front. The first couple of times I just started chatting with him and I wasn't in a situation where, you know, I could slip him a hundred dollar bill and, you know, get in the door or anything like that. I had friends who were in that situation, but I just chose to, you know, spend my effort to make his day a little bit more interesting when I would go out and, and go to that bar. And very quickly, I'd never had to wait in line at that bar. I, I went up, he would yep. say, oh, hey, Partha, how are you doing? And open the door for me and let me ride in. And that was an experience that uh, is, is probably the first time I experienced that kind of special treatment in my life. But I realized that at the end of the day, it's not, you know, we all think like, okay, like when I have millions of dollars, I can, you know, throw $100 and go into whatever room I want. But in reality, like the greatest wealth comes from within. It's not the money that we flash around. And when you spread that wealth throughout society, it's more valuable than being able to put a hundred dollar bill in someone's hands. Yeah. It's actually, you know, one of the books that, that I go to is kind of the repetitive books is the, the, the spiritual law, seven spiritual laws. And one of those is the law of giving, right? That the idea that money is, is it, it rotates, right? It's cyclical. The more you put out, the more it comes back to you. Um, and the reality of that is very true, you know, as long as it's with positive intention, right? You're putting it out there with positive intention, positivity comes back to you. And as, as you said, a lot of times a small 
a small generous thought. It's the thought more than it is the money of gratitude and consideration that helps you get certain advantages um, that you otherwise um, wouldn't have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of to, I guess, wrap, wrap up on tipping um, to close out, if you will. Uh, you know, I think we've gone through a lot of interesting elements of it. I think societally, I don't know if you'll find anyone that thinks tipping is the best way to handle the service industry. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know if anyone feels that way. But yeah. I, the things that we can do are, are in twofold. One, when it comes to solutions that are just, you know, brokering solutions in the shared economy side of things. Like in those situations, if the service experience is, you know, rendered positively and you, you feel that you want to tip, then tip. Right. But I think that when you see a business model, I think it's important to get educated on business models. When you see a business model where there's no real overhead and they're asking a lot from you versus like your local restaurant where it's the passionate immigrant family running it and they're not asking you to tip like crazy. Right. They're not asking for much for you. They just want you to come dine there. That's a totally different dynamic. So I think it's important to recognize which service industry employees you're supporting and then if you're supporting conglomerates or you know even like the shared economy side of like an airbnb for example there's no there's no tipping to my understanding in airbnb but there are the service charges there's the cleaning fees there's you know a tremendous amount of surcharges on any sort of reservation that significantly increase the cost and so you have to ask yourself like is this a business model that i want to further in the world by spending into it or yeah. It's a business model that's actually taking away from the boutique hotels, from, you know, the bed and breakfast, from like the quaint small places that are family owned that I genuinely, you know, love and want to support, you know, financially myself. Right. Yeah. There's, you know, again, not to say there's not great hosts on Airbnb. There are and they do an amazing job. But you have to think with every dollar that you spend and the way in which you spend it, whether it's a delivery food order or whether you're calling the restaurant to get them to deliver. All of these little nuances significantly affect what our world looks like because each dollar that we spend is a dollar that votes on the structure of our world. And I think it's just, it's critical that whether it's tipping or whether it's really just looking at the way an industry is evolving, um, especially the consumer facing industries, we all get a vote into what that looks like. And we have to consider the circumstances. It's not just about convenience, right? It's not just about, oh, Amazon makes my life easier. Instacart grocery delivery is really easy. But what does that do to the grocery store experience? Now, if you go into the store, it's more filled with people picking up orders than it is with people actually shopping. You lose some of the humanity of the grocery store. And so you really have to ask yourself, what kind of society are we creating? Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, the, the the takeaway from all of this is just be thoughtful in your process and your decision making process, and think about the systems that exist and why they exist versus just being kind of a ghost in the machine. That being said, as always, remember to be you. You as fly. How the boys out. Now the boys we get on the